Hollow Cult, we all know that the internet is not a safe place, especially when you're in our line of work. We're constantly looking up nefarious conspiracies, putting out FOIA requests, looking into dropped FBI files. That's why we here in the Hollow Layer trust our ISP to express VPN. I know most of you are probably thinking, why don't you just use incognito mode? Well, let me tell you something. Incognito mode does not hide your activity. It doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browsing history. Your internet service provider can still see every single website you've ever visited. That's why even when we're at home, we never go online without using ExpressVPN. That's right. We don't need any more of our information floating around out there. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your ISP can't be seen with any of the sites you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all your information secure by encrypting it 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption out there. ExpressVPN is also available on all of your devices, phones, computers, tablets, even your smart TVs. So there's no excuse as to why you should not be using something like this when it comes to protecting yourself and protecting your data. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Mashable. Visit our exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash hollow one, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash H-O-L-O-1, expressvpn.com slash hollow one to learn more. back to the hollow sky podcast i'm one half of your host steven and i'm kyle we're gonna jump in and get the business out of the way so you can check us out at all forms of social media your facebook instagram twitter youtube just search up hollow sky podcast and we are there we'll be there also if you have a paranormal story you'd like to share with us you can email us at hollowskypodcast at gmail.com or you can call us and leave us a little message at one eight seven seven eight hundred hollow. That's one eight seven seven eight hundred four six five six. Or you can use your voice recorder on your smartphones, and then you can email it to us, which is great. And we'd really appreciate it to be getting 
more of these phone calls and stories of your own so we can share those because it seems to be a pretty big hit with everybody. Absolutely. If you are a iTunes listener, you check us out through iTunes Podcast. Feel free to jump on there and leave us a five-star rating and review or a one-star rating, whatever, however you feel. Give us what you got. Yeah, but if you drop us a five-star, we will shout you out. And the two we got this week are Repnarp and Jen Who Does Hair. So thanks to both of you for taking the time thanks, to get on guys. there. And giving us a dope review. We're going to kick off today's episode with another listener email. Today we have got Hannah from Illinois. So we're going to jump right into that and see what kind of creepiness Hannah's gotten herself into. Hey guys, when I was little, I used to suffer from night terrors. To those who aren't familiar with night terrors, long story short, it's when you have a nightmare that you can't fully wake up from. I can remember waking up from a nightmare one night about an intruder in our home, and I could see him pacing in the hallway leading into my room. Episodes like this were always traumatic to me, but there is one that will always stand out more than the others. One night, I woke up to the feeling of something pulling at my sheets near my feet. The room was dark, so I couldn't see much, but I had started to feel more and more like there was something in my room. And the weirdest feeling was, it didn't feel human. I don't know how to explain it, but I could just feel that whatever was in my room was unfamiliar to me. I started to hear scratching noises, and the pulling of my sheets continued. I finally got the courage to call for my parents, and at that moment I saw the creature peering at me from the end of my bed. It was smiling at me and began to stand up so I could see more of it. All of a sudden, it felt like it happened in a single second. It was climbing up my wall, looking back at me as it climbed, still smiling. It was then I saw how big its teeth were. The thing was straight out of a horror movie. Long, sharp teeth, short, muscular body, hairless, long fingers, and huge eyes. For years, I chalked it up to being a bad night terror until I heard someone else say they saw the exact same thing. The teeth, the eyes, its actions, it was all the same. And this was before I even described anything to this person. It was at that moment that I realized I had most likely encountered a demon. Hearing someone else describe it to a T, what I saw as a child, completely shocked me. And obviously freaked me out, knowing this thing is real. I haven't seen it since that night, and you have no idea how thankful I am for that. Well, Hannah, that was a pretty scary story. But I ha- there are some questions that I have for you. You know, one being... Have you seen this creature in any of your other Night Terror episodes? Um, Another one that I had is, did you see the creature actually leave? Or is it kind of one of them, you know, you just, uh, you kind of wake up the next day situation? Yeah, or did it dissipate? Right. When you described the creature, the first thing that it made me think of, and I know this particular creature is kind of a, myth like a product of creepypasta culture but it made me think of the rake if you if anybody got into those scary stories like it's it sounds very similar so it kind of brings up like maybe what you saw has been around in other people's night terrors which spawned the stories of the rake you know like maybe more than one person has seen this yeah but then that would also be a weird oddity because that would you know, a lot of people are experiencing the same thing, but they're all across the board. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, and that, so that's, that's really kind of what I was saying, you know? Yeah. Maybe if it, it it is a real creature that, you know, spawns in these night terrors and that one person saw it and decided to write about it. Now everybody else is like, you know what? Yeah. You know, this is familiar to me. 
That would be weird. Did you did you ask if that was the only time she's seen it, Kyle? Had it shown up in any of any of your other uh, night terrors? Because you said you experienced them fairly regularly. Was this the only time that you saw this one? Uh, also, you referred to it as a demon. Was there anything uh, specific that made you think that it was a demon? Like, I mean, I don't. I'm not really sure how else to put that question. But the smiling thing was <laughs> extra creepy. The fact that it just stared at you and smiled with its big teeth. Yeah, that's that's pretty creepy. Yeah, I think it would lock me in place, and I, there wouldn't be much I'd want to do. No, I wouldn't smile back. That's for sure. No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> but uh, if you have anything for us, hit us up on the email. Yeah, if you have answers to any of those questions we uh, threw you, definitely email us or hit us up on Facebook. You know the deal. And big thanks for sharing your story with us. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, for tonight's episode, we're going to bounce into our first big conspiracy theory episode. We're going to look into some possible conspiracy theories surrounding FEMA to start this off we're just gonna run through what FEMA is really FEMA is the Federal Emergency Management Agency it's an agency of the United States Department of Homeland Security created by a presidential reorganization plan number three in 1978 and implemented by two executive orders on April 1st 1979 the agency's primary purpose is to coordinate the response to a disaster that has occurred in the United States and that overwhelms the resources of local and state authorities. The governor of the state in which the disaster occurs must declare a state of emergency and formally request from the president that FEMA and the federal government respond to the disaster. So that's basically the, the basic breakdown of what FEMA is and what they're supposed to be doing. Now, there are a lot of people who think that FEMA has a little bit darker side. Some ulterior motives, so right. to speak. And I, th I think the general theory around it is that once a disaster or situation occurs, um, martial law will be put in effect. And when martial law is put in effect, FEMA will then basically be the government and the Constitution will be suspended. And then anybody that's considered a constitutionalist or a patriot is then placed in camps. And some people theorize that those people won't be just placed in camps that they'll be executed and then the lesser threats will then be retrained and re-educated so when fema takes over do they trump like all government like they trump the president they they pretty much top tier if that were to take place under this theory yes right on because you know i guess they i don't know how that would work though Maybe in under the circumstances that if martial law is declared, the government's pretty much fallen anyway. So yeah, and then I know that in martial law, you know, uh, a lot of your rights are just gone. Yeah, it's pretty much just fend for yourself. Yeah, and the, I think at that point, normally the military would be in charge, right? Yeah, I, I assume so. Right. If I mean, if it, if it's everybody for themselves. There ain't going to be nobody in charge. Yeah, it'll be a free-for-all, which would be a giant mess. Yeah. There was also different dates put on where a lot of this started. But I know for me, I started to learn about it in the last year or so, the last term of Obama's presidency, when things started getting a little dicey. People 
People thought that Obama was going to somehow get a third term because he was running all these executive orders and everything just kind of on his own. You know, he wasn't going through the proper channels from what it was being, you know, put out in the public. But they were afraid that he was going to get a third term and invoke martial law. And then there was all these conspiracies that started popping up surrounding it. You know, we even talked around that time where we watched a video of a guy in uh, southern Illinois find a bunch of uh, martial law uh, signs in the back of his semi whenever he was at uh, one of the warehouses unloading. Somebody accidentally opened his door and saw all these signs. Yeah, I remember that video. It was, it was pretty wild. Pretty wild to see that kind of stuff. You know, and I admit, I admit that some... A lot of this at first glance does seem a little out there. And it seems like a lot of people turn this into a radioactive mess. Yeah. It's like a when you first look at it, it's a pretty big tinfoil hat kind of thing. Yeah. But if you dig a little bit deeper, there might it might hold a little bit of water. I think if if anybody laughs it off, I think you're mistaken. I don't think you should just laugh it off. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, I agree. If you do some digging and put in some research and like dig down to the origin of these theories and rumors, you eventually find that the legal foundation and precedent precedent for these plans do they they do exist. Like they're there if if they're ever needed to be dug up. Right. And I think you know, the government has a lot stranger contingency plans for very different things. Why would this not fit that? Why wouldn't they have a contingency for militias or taking advantage of a disaster? I mean, like I said, they have they have contingencies for everything. And to further kind of fuel the fire, periodically the government conducts interagency readiness exercises to prepare, prepare for such contingencies. Um, In these exercises, agencies deal with problems such as major strikes, unlawful assemblies. They'll come in and they'll impose like a faux martial law, arrest large numbers of people, and handle mass relocation of civilians in these trainings. Obviously, there are times when this is a good thing and we need it to happen. A lot of people were glad when the National Guard came in to help kind of squash the L.A. riots. Um, If a bunch of militiamen started blowing up a city, you kind of want the army there to, to, to chill it out. You know? Right. But as with everything in the world, it's kind of a double-edged sword for the government to have the kind of power when it's needed. It also means they have the power to say when it's needed. So when, you know, Johnny Q public might necessarily be in favor of it. Congress can still push for it, you know? Like, yeah. Like, what if Congress, I know this is a hot-button item right now, what if, I don't like to get too political, but we don't we don't really have an option in this case. If Congress comes out and says, hey, guns are illegal, that's it. You know, they're, you, nobody can have any guns anymore. It prob- They would probably like to implement a, a contingency plan oh, yeah. where they put up some camps to hold 10 million pissed off Americans that they're trying yep. to take their guns from, you know? And that also plays into... This whole FEMA thing. I mean, the the taking of your guns plays into the whole conspiracy, you know, because if we don't have our guns, we can't fight back. 
and we are we literally bend to their will and there's nothing we can do about it yeah and and under these precedents if you know if if fema decides they want a thousand prison camps maintained and ready to go under this they they legally have the right to do so yep they have the right to to, to use, build those camps and use them yep and they're you know there's a giant list of possible locations and you're you know some of them that i read were like abandoned train yards with giant barbed wire razor wire fences around them they were talking about um walmart's and sam's club shutting down to become facilities for this and i mean i could be speaking out of term here but i wouldn't think walmart would be running out of money and needing to shut down some of their stores. Yeah. That, you know what I mean? Yeah. That would be out of their hands at that point. Right. Somebody told them, hey, you can take a few days off. Right. Mark. <laughs> and there there are lists of possible camps. Like uh, Some of the lists I read that there are eight, 800 different locations that could yeah. be possible FEMA camps. One of them I saw was a camp in Alaska. It's said to hold a capacity of 2 million prisoners, which, I mean, Alaska's population isn't even 1 million. Right. So that's a huge camp. Yeah. Another one I saw was in the Mojave Desert, and um, I quote, it said it was fully staffed, full-gassing, cremating death camp with airstrip dedicated to the termination of a red blue list under martial law. And I know you looked into the red blue list. So if you'd like to jump into that and let people know what's going on with that. Right. So the red blue list, the red, the, the top of the line would be people on the red list and the red list. People are going to be your hardcore Patriots and your outspoken community leaders and so on and so forth. You know, TV talk show hosts, anybody who thinks and are opposed to this, the reference new world order. You know, they're basically going to fight them regardless. Now, it says that these people will basically be taken a couple weeks before the actual martial law is enforced. The people on the blue list are kind of in the same boat as the people in the red list, except they aren't as big of threats. So they can basically waste a little more time before they suck up this blue list. And then there's also reports that there's a blacklist now and a yellow list. The blacklist is nothing new. It basically combines the red and blue together. And the yellow list is people who know nothing and want to know nothing about the New World Order. So those people are most likely going to be put in camps, but they're going to be re-educated and reintroduced back, you know, to kind of start over. So you're telling me from doing this podcast, we made the list. Easily. Great. But I think our day-to-day lives put us on the, not the yellow list, more like the black list. Great. Which is just a combination of the red and blue list. Yes. <laughs> that's that's great. And I mean, you could laugh at the list and the, the theory of the list, but look how many lists there actually are. You know, I've heard that you go get a motorcycle license and you get put on a list, a gang list. Yep. You I know? read the what library books you decide to order or right. check out puts you on a list. I'm sure the, uh, well, we all know the contents of your uh, search engines will put you on lists. 
That's for sure. <laughs> One of the main fuels that helped keep this FEMA conspiracy fire burning was the uh, military exercises that took place in the summer of 2015 known as Jade Helm. Now, Jade Helm was a mil- a giant military exercise that covered the span of several states, and it only involved about 1,200 individuals. Most were uh, Green Beret, and, and there were some Navy SEALs, and uh, I think some Air Force Special Operation guys. And then, as far as I know, the media wasn't allowed to touch this, so there was no actual evidence as to why they were doing what they were doing, but apparently they contacted landowners to train on their properties and they would tell them that it's for I guess becoming acclimated to different types of terrain which is kind of hard to believe considering all the places that we've fought in my opinion you know because we fought in the desert the mountains the jungles etc 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 so it's just kind of a poor excuse in my in my book And at the same time, during this operation, there were black helicopters being seen everywhere. You could see trains full of uh, military equipment like Humvees and tanks being transported all over the place. And civilians seeing these large-scale military uh, movement and operations just like I said, fueled the fire of these uh, speculation and conspiracy theories as something something bad was brewing. Right. You know, something was bound to happen. And then there's also a backfire to that whole thing where, and take this how you will, but there's also a, a conspiracy link to that saying that what this whole, by moving all that equipment, what they were really trying to do was to get the citizens used to seeing that amount of equipment being moved. So when something does happen, we're not going to think anything of it. So as you can see, the rabbit hole only turns into another rabbit hole, which multiplies into four and so on and so forth. It's a never ending maze of conspiracies all linked together. It ties so many together. Yep, I read the exact same thing, and it, it was quoted as a psychological operation aimed at getting people used to seeing military forces on the street. So when an actual invasion does play, take place, they're there. They they don't know it. They're yeah, like, they'd, oh, they'd it's be just oblivious. Another another here's another training, and on furthering that, um, it goes back to the WalMarts you were talking about. People, there's rumors that the military would were stockpiling supplies for Chinese troops for when they came over to invade. They yeah. had all their stuff ready to go. So the yep. conspiracy theories just keep they just keep piling one on top of another, on top of another, on top of another. Yeah, and it, a lot of it was during Obama's administration. And I think I even remember talks that Obama was talking to the Russians that if anything such as martial law were to be declared that the Russians would come over and police us. It wouldn't be our own troops. So, I mean, I mean, it just goes on. Yeah. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to keep everything in a linear fashion because there isn't a linear fashion. One thing no. just banks off into another and they just pile on top of each other. And, you know, and it, 
they link it to the New World Order, Illuminati, you name it, it's tied to it. You know, because there's uh, the FEMA death camps, quote unquote. You know, how Obama apparently spent $1 billion on disposable coffins. You know, giant plastic containers. Yeah, I saw I saw videos and photos of thousands of body bags yep. being ordered and being stockpiled during that whole Jade. I know when Jade Helm was big in the summer of 2015, you had started picking up uh, bits and pieces of it here and there, and then you yep. would text me, and I would start looking, and I would see videos of the trains full of Humvees, videos of trains full of tanks. and right. You'd see stockpiles of body bags, and when you see, when you see that kind of stuff, you're like, man, it's you know, wild. Some some shit's gonna go down. Yeah, you know? it's wild. You don't know what to think. And it was it was because we're not from an area where you see that type of equipment being moved like that. No. And on that note, I did see that kind of equipment. I was uh, that that happened. I was down on 255, and those train tracks yep. that run. Down 255, sure enough, there was a train there, and it was packed. There was there was Humvees on it, right. large large military trucks. And at the time when we were talking about it, I'm like, man, maybe something is going to happen, you know? All it takes is little seeds to get planted in your brain. Hollow cult, summer is here. So you know what that means. Paranormal investigations and cryptid hunts abound. But before you do that, you're going to need some good clothing. So we're excited to announce another month partnering with Tecovis. I feel like at this point, it's it's mandatory to have amazing clothes while you're out crypto chasing or ghost hunting. Because with Tecovis, every boot you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. And nothing says like you're there for business walking in in a pair of snakeskin boots and with it being summer like steve said they also have some sweet short sleeve moisture wickening pearl snaps that are definitely going to put you on the next level and if you need to carry some stuff like all your your ghost hunting gear you can use their ever-growing lineup of rugged and full grain leather bags that are always going to get you where you need to be and to keep cool they also have men's and women's straw hats. So you're definitely going to want to check them out. That's perfect for keeping the sun off your head and getting getting sunburn up there. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova stores, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop all the latest styles. I personally am waiting for the cryptid lineup. Or I can get me a pair of like Loveland Frogman skin boots, maybe some Loch Ness oh, Monster. Oh, yeah. Imagine that Loch Ness boot. Smooth. Smooth. But until then, you can visit tecovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. About that kind of stuff to let the conspiracy theories run rampant and then they just hatch. Yeah. And- That's the problem with conspiracy theories. You know, anything can be turned into it. And at which point, we know for a fact that conspiracy theories are real. Or conspiracies are real, I should say. You know, there's been some pretty sketchy things that governments across the world have done and tried to cover it up. The conspiracy theories are abound when it comes to FEMA. I'll just name off some here. Go into some 
they just fall on top of another each other it's, it's just it's when you dig into this it's ridiculous uh first fema's the shadow government which will run the show after the regular government dissolves through a series of executive orders issued by the president the idea that fema could pull off such a masterstroke is surprisingly widespread especially after their massive display of incompetence during Hurricane Katrina. <laughs> FEMA supposedly had the power to declare martial law and round up half a million American citizens into concentration camps, which isn't too far-fetched because the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, actually does have the power to intern large numbers of citizens pretty much ine- immediately as needed, you know, with quarantines and everything. Yeah, I never and really thought of that. On that note, it's for your health and safety, <laughs> so no one's going to even question it. Right, and it'd be no different if there was a, a natural disaster, you know, as far as FEMA stepping in. Yeah. Um, this claim's usually backed up by noting that Mount Weather, which is FEMA's headquarters in Virginia, is sort of like a spare Washington, D.C., you know, in case the real one gets obliterated or overrun and on that note it's supposedly the location for the u.s shadow government another big uh conspiracy theory is that the motivation for the fema camps is to allow the u.n to take away everyone's guns which i mean brings us back to if they pulled that off we'd be helpless yeah, except that one in four Americans own a gun, so that's probably not going to be an efficient method no. about going about that. I think that would be a, a pretty bad plan. Yeah. Um, another one is the North American Union slash One World Government. Uh, question is, what use could FEMA camps possibly have? Why not use them to detain dissenting U.S. citizens after the consolidation of the North American Union? to get the world ready for a one-world government or the good old New World Order. NWO. Yes. Another theory for the FEMA camps are just straight-up genocide. They're just going to round people up and kill the ones they don't want. They're concentration camps. We know how those worked out in past history. Right. And, I mean, I think a lot of it, you know, like the genocide could totally be played off as the NWO as well because there's the de- whole depopulation plan that is another giant conspiracy. Yeah. You know, yeah. whether it comes to GMOs or whatever, I mean, it's another one that's been proposed several times. Yep, yeah. and like like we said, they just get they just lead into another and into another. It's yeah, just a it's, rabbit hole of conspiracy. It is absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's a never-ending tunnel. Another theory is that an imminent world disaster is coming. Um asteroid or a super volcano super volcano a super virus you know something that's going to wipe out the world and then fema steps in as the good guy you know fema's in on the know they know what's coming the looming disaster will render the most of the world the rest of the world just a barren unusable landscape and billions of people are going to die but fema's going to be here in america to keep us chugging along keep us going yeah that's what we need fema's got our back but all conspiracy theories aside, you know, when you when you put together the the Rex eighty four, the Patriot Act, the Garden Plot, heck, what the NSA does, how they log everything in one in these giant facilities. I mean, when you build this, you leave these little trail crumbs or breadcrumbs everywhere for us. 
you know, you you wonder why people get paranoid. Yeah, they're just they're they're little little nuggets of of truth that could lead to this bigger, more nefarious act. You know, it's well, just exactly. enough there to get people's minds turning. Like, hey, maybe there is some validity to this. Maybe the government does have the capability to pull the trigger on something this huge and you know just do whatever they want really yeah and i mean as far as final thoughts go you know i'll even admit that some of this stuff just sounds crazy yeah and it's it's, i mean it really does but do i think that there isn't a possibility of something like this i totally think that something like this could at least be I'm not saying that it's in effect and it's actually the ball's rolling but I would I would confidently say that there's at least a plan for something yeah I I would agree with you on that I'm not necessarily convinced that FEMA has anything to do with it I feel like the time period they were just kind of like a like maybe an outlet like people linked to all this right. shit so do i think the government has stipulations and stuff in plan for this kind of thing absolutely absolutely as far as their intentions behind it i don't know you know i have no idea did they did they want to take over the entire world who knows but if you look at our past, the, the it's you can't say it hasn't happened before. Uh, right. You know? well, I mean, heck, we did it in World War II. Yeah. When they there was, what, 120,000 Japanese Americans forced to relocate in internment camps on the yep. West Coast? You know, that's... Uh, what's, what's the difference between 120,000 or half a million? You know, yeah, if they have it's... the abilities to do 120,000, it ain't going to take that much more. No. To put half a million people in there. And it's just, you know, it's going to be whoever they want to target, you know? Well, yeah, and I think think a lot of people wouldn't even know any better. And they did the same thing to the Native Americans. Yeah. In in the early 1800s, you know, the five civilized tribes, they were all taken together and put into reservation internment camps in New Mexico. Right. So, So to say that it's out of the realm of possibility is ludicrous because it's happened before. Right. You know, World War II... The Japanese bomb Pearl Harbor, so they put the Japanese in internment camps. What if, what if they decided to change the demographic they're going after? You know, yeah. or I mean, that's all it takes. You know, just like with the Patriot Act. At this point, they can, with with stuff like that, enforced, they can basically say anyone at any given time is a terrorist or a threat to the country. Yeah. They can just and they can do whatever they want with you. Just point your finger and then there that's Yep. That's how it goes. And to think that, that can't happen is naive. That's the way I see it. What it boils down to. I agree. Because it's happened before. Yep. I'm not I'm not saying it will happen. I'm not saying it's gonna happen. But if they wanted it to happen It will it's happen. It's gonna happen. Yeah. Or else they wouldn't have these kinds of stipulations and plans in place right so my my thought is 
is FEMA planning death camps? Probably not, you know, but does the government have a bunch of shit in place to where they, if they need to incarcerate a whole bunch of people all at once, hell yes, they do. So, yeah, but you would think that if they had those giant mass incarcerations, that it would be like the old school concentration camp. Yeah, absolutely. Where I just you'd almost be forced to start taking people out because I wouldn't imagine people are going to go willingly. Yeah, I just I just don't think the thing that throws me off is is the FEMA aspect of it. You know, I don't I just don't think they're they have as much to do with it. The only reason people are putting FEMA out there is and is they're the emergency response system. Well, and the fact that they got drafted over to the Homeland Security for whatever yeah. reason, that's kind of weird. But like like I said before, the CDC has the power to do that kind of shit already. That's true. They don't even have to have a reason. They could just I'm be not like, saying I trust the CDC any more than I trust FEMA, though. Yeah, they can be like, hey, there's this super bug coming, so we're going to have to put you guys all in this big-ass concentration Bubble. camp of Walmart. And people be like, okay, I don't want to get yeah. super bug. Yep, people would definitely go for it. Yeah, it's all, it's all, you know, just a bunch of smoke and mirrors. <laughs> I don't know. This whole you you start digging into this and it gets so clustered, you don't even know where to go from one direction to the next. So if this episode seems jumbled, we apologize. But because once you start going. They just start stacking up, and one after another, one conspiracy theory leads to another conspiracy theory, leads to another conspiracy theory, and they just stack and stack and stack right. and stack. And I mean, and with all that being said, you know, about just everything being completely insane, at the end of the day, what's really going on is probably aliens. <laughs> Kyle says <laughs> that it's aliens. So there's got to be aliens. It is. Without a doubt. I, I or, believe him. Or the reptilians, just whichever one. So if anybody tuning in to this has uh, dug into the FEMA camp conspiracy or Jade Helm, like I said, me and Kyle listened to it back in the summer of 2015 when it was all going down. Yep. And that's what kind of sparked this episode. We want to kind of get it out there. So if you listened to it, did your digging, you've uh, found stuff that we didn't come across, or you read into some things that we uh, misrepresented or... Uh, you want to kind of contradict, please feel free to email us, call us in. We'll bounce back in, uh, share your thoughts on an upcoming episode and just let us, let us know. And now we've got another call in that we're going to go ahead and play for you guys. But first we, we would like to reiterate all this and ask you again, if you have any, any stories that you'd like to share, please get a hold of us and do that so we can listen to them and talk about them. It seems to be a pretty big hit right now. People are really enjoying all the uh, submissions. This call was from uh, Kristen in Illinois. Okay, so this story involves what I believe is shadow people, as far as I can uh, explain it. And it takes place around 2010, and my friend and I had just gone out to dinner and we decided to um, check out some of the local hot spots of activity for um, spirits. 
And we, my friend and I both, um, can sense human spirits, uh, pretty easily. Um, we both just have that ability and it's almost commonplace to us. Um, so we're familiar with human spirits and we know what they're capable of. We know how they feel, etc. So anyway, we've gone out to dinner and I want to show her the cemetery. Um, it's a neat cemetery. She'd never been to it. Now, I don't think that human spirits hang out at cemeteries. I mean, a person's been dead for days, if not weeks, by the time they get to that cemetery. So it really makes no sense that their spirit would be there. Um, I just simply wanted to show it to her because it's cool and it's kind of historical in our area. Um, and it's, it's hidden from the road. You, you might not know it's there if you don't know it's there. And it's surrounded by a lot of evergreen trees. So anyway, we go into the cemetery and we have my equipment with us. Um, and at this point, we just get out the EMF detector, the K2 meter, and the voice recorder. Because it's way too dark for video. And um, any photographs we would take would just show dust orbs. And that's stupid. Um, so we're walking around. We have the flashlight. And we're checking things out. I show her a couple of gravestones that I had seen um, on previous times I had been there. And, um, so once we get the lay of the land, we decide to kind of sit down and just turn off the flashlights and just chill out, hang out there for a second. We're just talking. Um, we did ask a few questions, you know, like, is there anybody here? Is there anyone who has, wants to communicate? Just a, f but you know, barely. So we've been there about 15 minutes. And about five minutes after we turn off our flashlights, we just felt this environmental change. It gets darker. Um, and I mean, the sun had already been down. It's not getting any darker. It's a clear night. There's no, you know, it wasn't the clouds in front of the moon or anything like that. It just got darker. The air got thick and hot, like, like, like really muggy almost, um, or humid, but, and this just wasn't like right around us. It felt like the entire cemetery area was just different and menacing, you know, like that feeling you get when somebody's watching you and you know, they're not really your friend. Like you just feel like, Oh, I got to get out of here. So, then we hear talking coming from the tree line to our to the south of us. <clears throat> and this isn't just like a voice here or there. This sounds like 10 to 15 people doing a loud whisper about us. You know, like, hey, like, like that. Um, so, we stand up <laughs> and look because... That's a lot of noise. And we see standing shoulder to shoulder in a straight line at least 20 human figures. 
completely black. Now, it's so dark that my friend and I, we don't have shadows. So these aren't just like shadows. These are, these have to be like physical, you know, they're not see-through. And they start moving towards us. Now they're about 30 yards away. And we're sort of paralyzed with this like, what the crap feeling. And they start moving towards us. And at about 20 yards, we realize this is getting way too close. Uh, So we run to the car, which thankfully was very close. And I get in last, shut my door, lock it, start the car. I look at my friend and I start to talk because I want to talk about this. I mean, this is, this is insane what we've just seen. And she's like, uh, get the crap out of here. So I, you know, go and we get down the road and we pull into a McDonald's because it's well lit. At this point, we're spooked. And we start talking about what we saw. And I mean, these shadows started out as human figures, like I said. But as they moved towards us, they grew in height and and slenderized and became distorted. Um, to the point that there were, I would say, at least 10 feet tall at, at 20 yards, which is the last time we looked at them because we ran to the car and got out of there. Um and like I said, my friend and I, we've seen spirits before or felt them and and I've been touched by human spirits. I've had my hair moved. I've seen objects fly across the room. This was different. This was completely different. And I cannot explain it other than I felt like I was in physical danger like these things were going to hurt us and were capable of it and I don't think I've ever been that scared by anything paranormal before that or since then um I can't I can't think of another time that anything like that scared me and there's no way these were human I I I can't even I don't know what they were. I don't I don't want to necessarily say it was demonic. Um but it wasn't human at all. And I have not been back to that cemetery since then. And every time I drive by it, I think about that night and it still freaks me out. And I'm not a person that scares very easily. Uh, First off, thanks, Kristen, for sharing your uh, encounter. That was intense. Yeah, it was. Um, It being local, I'm pretty sure I know the cemetery you're talking about. And um, I've been in it once or twice. Didn't have a whole lot happen, but it's... It, you get a heavy feeling when you're in there, which I mean, on that note, it brings me to my first to my first question from what you were talking about. Um, how do you know when you uh, are in the presence of a human spirit? Like you said, you can you can tell. Is it just a feeling? Do are there 
certain aspects that let you know that if you if you know what I'm saying you have know. you ever ran into anything aside from this situation that wasn't a human spirit yeah good question good question have you encountered anything that seemed as nefarious or as malicious as what you encountered in the cemetery as far as possible uh, suspects suspects I have no idea. Me shadow either, people, man. maybe. Uh, like shadow, demons. Sh- I think shadow people are like my best guess. Yeah, that's because that's kind of what that's kind of what it sounds like. I don't know. Yeah. It's bizarre. It, it is, is super weird because the the quantity of you know uh, beings that you've seen, you know, with I mean, that was quite a few of them. Yeah, and then the fact that they grew in size. And they gave you the feeling of terror, like they wanted to hurt you. That's, that's uh, that's what kind of made me think maybe demons, because right, they're pretty malicious. And then, yeah, I don't think they care very much. No. So, yeah, if you got any answers to those questions, please feel free to hit us up on the email, or the Facebook, any of that sort of stuff, and uh, let us know. So with that, that wraps up another episode here at the Hollow Sky Rock Room. I want to thank all of you for tuning in. And if uh, you want to catch us, check us out at all our social medias. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. All of us at Hollow Sky Podcast. Don't forget to share your stories. Yeah. and Let's stay on top of that stuff. Yep. Share us. If you got something weird, send it to us. Call us. All the infos at the beginning of the uh, episode. And if you get on those social medias, feel free to share us with your friends. If you got people who you know have paranormal experiences or into paranormal, into mysteries and conspiracies, share us with them. Get us out there and we'll build a big community around this. So, right. And uh, also remember that, like on iTunes, you know, we prefer you leave us a five-star review. You don't necessarily have to. But if you do, it helps us with exposure. Yeah, you know, it moves us there. up those lists. You know, when people right. search, our, our the Hollow Sky podcast gets bumped up for every five-star review we get. So yep. that's why we kind of push for that a little bit. It'll definitely help. And on that note, we just want to say thanks again for tuning in. And yep, thanks. Let's get weird.